0: Welcome back, we're excited to have you join us for another episode of Beauty and the Brain. I uh, hope you all have had a great week. We certainly have, and uh, we have a really exciting topic today to talk about, and it's social media, right? Something that we all use, that uh, we all are exposed to in our lives, and we're going to talk about how it influences the world of aesthetics.
1: I find social media fascinating. I think it's amazing that people go to social media to find medical providers. Uh, it continues to astound me every time I ask someone, how did they find us? How did they get to us? And their answer is my Instagram. because. I just can't imagine, I guess, it's my generation going to social media. I can Google, but social media to actually find a medical provider.
0: Yeah, this was something that we didn't have to deal with when we started. So we actually you know, started in this industry about 15 years ago, and there were some social media platforms uh, out there at the time, but they really weren't nearly the influence or as popular as they are now. I think when we first started, we just had a website, and that was the only thing we had for patients to find us. We grew our entire business almost exclusively on word of mouth. But, um, you know, kind of as the years have progressed and we've got more into this and hired more providers, we've been forced to kind of uh, adopt to this because we have a lot of patients that find us this way.
1: It was a struggle, I think, for, for our generation. And we're, we're learning, we're coming around. But when we were growing up, or, or younger at least, we had celebrity endorsements. That was basically what it is. And now we have all the social media influencers. I think it's one of those things like social media, you can pretty much be whoever you wanna be on social media. So as a social media influencer, how does that give you credit to determine what makes a good medical provider? Is that someone that you go to versus, you know, a celebrity in the past that just said that she had this treatment or he had this treatment?
0: Yeah, I think we've both seen um, throughout kind of our ascetic career and even, you know, now kind of uh, watching our nieces and nephews and kind of the things that they're being exposed to and that they're seeing and viewing in their teen years. I think there's a lot of uh, external pressures out there uh, on these kids these days and young uh, patients, but I'm not real sure what gives you the qualifications other than a lot of followers to say that to endorse somebody really. And that's what we deal with because they'll come into the practice and they see something on Instagram or on TikTok and they want us to be able to, to do that procedure to them without any knowledge of the safety or the training that's required to, to do those procedures.
1: I think social media gives you a huge platform to create awareness, but it also is not always great awareness and it's also not always the truth. So like I said, it, things are not what they appear. You think about the social media filters and how many times do we get questioned about filters? Can I, can I have this look? Can I have these lips? Can I have these cheeks? You know, I mean, I've had patients come in that I didn't even recognize the patient because of filters that they had on. Or um, just recently I was with my Parents, they were at the campground and a lady from my hometown came up and I'd been thinking how good she looked on social media. And I saw her. and I didn't even recognize her. I was like, who the hell is this? I think that, you know, that happens a lot t- more times than what we actually realize. And so, you know, these influencers, they can create some really positive things for people. But I think we also need to be aware that they are just what they are. They're their influencers.
0: I think it's also, though, you know, the flip side of that coin is it's an opportunity for us as uh, aesthetic providers to kind of showcase our work. So, uh, you know, in in times past, it was hard for patients to find before and afters to see the quality of your work or what was representative of you as a provider. Whereas now I can look up a lot of people uh, through their social media and you kind of get a general idea of what type of looks they prefer. Is this something that's really more like a natural augmentation, or is this something that's gonna be more that something that I would uh, you know, consider like body modification? So are we really creating unnatural um, really large shapes? Not that anything's right or wrong with either of those, but I think it does give us some insight into the providers and, and what their view of beauty is and, uh, and, and how they're using their uh, platform their their social media platform to display their work. So if they're putting it on there, they're probably proud of that work. And if you're seeing things that you really think is kind of odd looking, then perhaps you should really question, is that the provider you want to entrust your care to? Well,
1: I, I think as far as the providers, you, you almost have to be on social media and have a presence today to target that the younger generation and the millennials, that that is where they go for a lot of information. You know, the older generation, not so much, but that's a big component of our patient population. We're seeing them younger and younger. And I think that is completely based off of social media. Sure, there's still re- regular television, if you want to call it that, but also a lot of people watch things on their iPads. We're sitting here with iPads now. And so I think it's just so convenient and so easy. And you look for what you're... Your searches are for what you're interested in. If it's cheeks, if it's if it's lips, if it's hips or whatever, and so you know those social media platforms truly are what you what you're desiring at that moment. And so um, it's a little bit sad to me in ways that they can influence the psychics so much because we all have a tendency, even me, to compare ourselves to what we see on social media. So, how do you feel that that's going to impact us long term for this gener, this younger generation?
0: You know, I actually think it's um, something in aesthetic medicine that we're all becoming more aware of, and hopefully, um, as you choose your providers, they've received the appropriate training and education. Uh, to do these procedures safely. But one of the things we're talking about a lot more is body dysmorphic disorder. How do we identify that? How do we screen for that? How do we you know, assess if patients in our practice are, are really there just to get something to help them feel better about themselves? Or they truly have a, a disorder where uh, what we see uh, as we you know interact with them, it's not really matching what they see in the mirror. And the more procedures we do, they never are quite happy with it. We see it, you know, not infrequently in our practice. And, and one of the things I think that really is kind of our responsibility as aesthetic providers is to to help identify that and uh, opt not to treat those patients. And yeah, that may mean in the short term you lose some business because there will be an injector down the street or somebody who will treat that patient. Uh, but I think you know really the responsible thing to do is understand when uh, patients have unrealistic expectations and, and regardless of where they've found that, whether it's social media, website, TV, but if they're influenced in some manner that's an unnatural or a, uh, something that could be harmful to them, it's our responsibility as a medical provider to say, you know, this procedure is not for you. I'm not gonna do this procedure. And so learning how to say no is really something that uh, it's hard in the beginning, especially if you're trying to build a practice, build a business. But the longer you're in business, the easier that gets, because you, you certainly start to see these trends and these patterns and realize that no matter what we inject, the patient may not be happy with their result.
1: Well, I think when you mentioned unrealistic expectations, that's where, as a provider, it's very important for us to set that expectation right up front and give the patient what can realistically be done and what can safely be done because the, the idea is to conform to society's norms and to a 20 year old that's on their iPad and looking at Instagram, that is the norm. It's a lot different than, you know, watching Cheers back in the day when people had bad hair, bad style. And now everybody you see on social media, you don't see people with pot bellies and, you know, looking ragged. They're all beautiful and gorgeous. And that's what this they strive for. You know, we have some very famous families who are, reality shows that I think have probably been one of the biggest influence over beauty in the past, over the past five years, you know, these lip trends that we're seeing and are they safe? Um, You know, there are a lot of different lip techniques out there. People are asking for by name and they're asking for them by name because of social media. Social media is not always a bad thing, but I certainly think there's a, a fine line. And when we start talking about expectations with our patients, I think that we need to, you know, find out what's their goal. And that's um, one of the first things that we ask for. I think our, our consultation process is very similar because we were trained together, but. We always give them the mirror, and so it's a lot easier for me to give someone a mirror than for them to pull out their phone to show me their goal. I think that the mirror—the mirror—is not always what they use to to determine what they want.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I think that that's true. And I, actually, I, I mean, I think social media has a lot of—you uh, know—I I think it has a positive place, and it's, it's aggravating and hard for uh, you know us to adapt to because we didn't kind of grow up with that but um, it does certainly have it, its place. And um, you know I think being aware, so how do you deal with the patient when they come in and they bring up that Instagram and they show you the, the picture of the cheeks or lips that really is not gonna fit their face. How do you deal with that patient? What is it that you you know kind of uh, talk to them about during your initial consult and, and how you're gonna help them accomplish those goals?
1: My goal is always to, to figure out how I can give that patient the best result for what they're trying to achieve, and I also tell them that it's likely not going to be a single step process. That you know this patient that they're looking at, um, you know the the ratios that are frequently out there on social media, or this lip style that's out there on social media, that that's not achieved by one single visit. That this person on social media, whether they're filtered or not, they have you know a skincare regimen. Is collagen stimulating treatment? Is it you know, a mid face dermal filler that a lot of people never even consider. They just pick the part that bothers them the worst. So, you know, I was like that for years about the scar on my eye and that's all I saw. I didn't notice the acne scarring that was as bad or I didn't notice, you know, um, that I needed a little chin filler or I focused on the slight curvature of my nose and other people didn't notice that at all, but it, you know, encouraged me to get a nose job. I can't tell you how many things I've done to my eye for my scarring. And that was me being hypercritical of myself where society didn't see that, but you know, looking at images of people that were perfect, that was what I strive for. So back to your question about what I do, I try to set realistic expectations that are gonna be healthy for them.
0: But I find that interesting. And so um, all the things that you mentioned about your eye, your scar, your nose, and how those things impacted you, you know, how old were you when you had your first uh, surgical rhinoplasty nose job?
1: 20,
0: maybe? Yeah, so, 19. so late teens, early 20s. And we didn't grow up in a time of social media. So you still had those influencers in some manner that was setting these uh, these expectations for you that you needed to meet because all the things that you're naming are not really things that you saw on social media that influenced you to get this. Uh, so I do believe that, that we've dealt with these external mm-hmm. pressures for a while. We're just dealing with it in a... You know, more readily achievable fashion now that, that it's instant, that you can get things on your phone right away. And um, I think one of the, the things that um, maybe a lot of people don't realize, there's some pretty interesting documentaries out there now on social media, is how these algorithms are designed to reinforce our beliefs. And so if we're looking at anything that, you know, pick a topic, whether it's politics, aesthetics, um, you know, if you specifically want to look at parts of the body, so butt, lifts, nose, lifts, cheeks. These algorithms are designed in a way to feed you more of that information that you've been searching for. So it's not gonna show you opposing viewpoints. It's not gonna show you um, you anything about body dysmorphic disorder, really. It's gonna continue to reinforce whatever it is that you're looking at. And I don't think we had to deal with that when we were growing up. So there were these ideal images we saw on billboards or magazines or TV. But it wasn't some, uh, you know, complex algorithm designed to constantly feed us information that reinforced some sort of belief that we had, whether it's about aesthetics or, you know, again, religion or politics or or anything. And so, I believe just raising awareness on that issue helps us look at, um, you know, opposing views. I know, at least from my standpoint, you know, sometimes I have to go out and search for it. But I, I actually I encourage things that that challenge my belief system or things that I think are normal because. You know, sometimes it, I, I look at it and I'm like, I really wasn't looking at this objectively before, and I need to look at that objectively now.
1: I think looking at it objectively is like really important because a lot of times, even though, you know, we, we tell the patients about facial balancing or th- the different things that we can do, I think if we don't target what it is that they're there for and what, what it is that we're bother- they're bothered by, we will possibly lose that patient. I think the main thing is to create trust with the patient. Determine how can we get to their goal, and maybe we will start with the part of it that bothers them first. Rather, you know, they want big lips, but they need some mid face volumization. Maybe we will start with their lips. That wouldn't be ideally where I would start, probably, but to meet some of that patient's goals and maybe what we have to do. And most of those patients, they're back on social media, they're tagging you with their lips. They don't tag you a lot of times with mid-face volumization, but they will tag you with the lips. And so for us as providers, it's a it's a marketing strategy as well. I mean, we, we've branded ourselves. and your social media is a lot different than mine. I mean, mine's got a lot of craziness on it, but um you know it's a it's a big part of who we are and there're constantly new platforms that are coming out some that i don't even know about that um i just we just watched something on netflix the other night and um, I was pretty amazed a lady didn't get a job and it was a, it was realistic she didn't get a job because she didn't know all of the social media platforms she was a new mom just getting back into the workforce and the employer was was interviewing her and asked about her social media presence and she said she had 1500 Facebook followers and they said, like what about your other social media presence and she's like I have fifteen hundred Facebook followers, so you know there there are a lot of things that are out there that um, and it's constantly evolving. And so, as a business owner, um, you know it's our responsibility to stay up on that. But at the end of the day, it is our responsibility to tr- safely treat these patients. Yes,
0: yeah, so I think there there are positives and negatives definitely associated as with everything. And um, I appreciate the opportunity to have that platform to share things. And as you say, I'm a lot more I guess reserved on mine. Um, You know, there's there's been uh, definitely funny stories with us in the past where Jerry has wanted to share things. And I've said, absolutely not. There's no way that I'm going to put that out there. Um, And if you if you follow his social media, you'll see him dancing and rapping and, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things that that he normally does kind of around the house day to day. But for me, even if I would do something crazy like that, I'm a little more guarded and cautious with what I put out there. And so I think um, it definitely has some pros and cons associated with it. We all kind of have a different way that we present ourselves. But I, I think, as a consumer of that information, the important part to take from that is uh, the the person that you're following, the influencer that you're following, the injector—they're controlling that narrative. They're controlling that message. So uh, what you're seeing that I'm putting out there clearly, I'm in control of, and I'm making sure that um, I'm much more calculated with what's posted online. So you know that may not be. Um, always reflective of what that person's real life looks like. And I think sometimes that's, that's hard for us. There's
1: just a lot of potential for misinformation, you know, Because when you're in complete control of your social media platform, then you don't take bad angles of yourself. Most of the time, you know, people, we know exactly what angle is our best angle. And it's not just your physical angle, it's the physical, the angle of your life as well. And so, you know, I think that 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 misconception that everything is as perfect as it seems on social media can be a little bit misleading and a little bit disappointing for people that aren't quite in that situation, you know, whether they can't afford the $400 hair extensions or they can't afford the, you know, the trips every weekend or they can't afford the clothes. I think that it's just a lot of potential to cause some negative impact on the way people feel about themselves. And as you're the best at seeing both sides of the story, I tend to see one. But, um, you know, I think there's also a lot of potential for people to feel good about themselves. And so, you know, we have a lot of really positive social media influencers out there that do a lot of self-help things, a lot of self-talk. One of the things that I've seen really change in the past couple of years with social media is that people will tell you their downfalls, whether it's just to make them more real and more approachable, or whether, you know, they just kind of came around But you know, we have an episode with um, Courtney Gilson and she's one of the ones I think is really put out there about her real body versus what you see on social media. She's done a really good job at that. And there are several other people that we have as well. And so, you know, I just think that you have to be aware that it is media, that's what it is. It's presented the way that we want you to see it. You know, this room you know, everything that's behind the cameras, they don't see that. Like what you're seeing right now is us in a staged environment talking, but it's one of those things you just have to be aware that it is absolutely what we present or what the person on there presents.
0: So I think it's, uh, you know, kind of a funny story before we close out the episode on social media and looking just at the differences and how we manage ours and, um, you know, how um, cautious I am, I guess would be the word and how um free you are with yours and jerry shows a lot more of the the behind the scenes and you know kind of things in his day-to-day life and um so he had a, a surgical neck lift and we'll talk about surgeries and how to pick your right surgeon and when's it time for surgery versus injectables in one of our upcoming episodes that's actually a fun one as well um, but we were a lot of our clients kind of knew that he had that upcoming and he's going to be off work for a little while and um, the surgeon that did it, he didn't do uh, any kind of IV anesthesia. That was just all some uh, oral sedation before he had the procedure done. And so that morning it told him, take a Valium before you leave to come into the office. And um, so we're, we're driving down to the, I'm driving him, he had taken his Valium already. And um, you know, not, not taking medications regularly, just one seemed to have a pretty big response and um, i see him doing something with his phone but i'm so accustomed to him putting lots of things on social media that i really didn't think much about it and he makes a little video about hey um, you know i'm on my way to get my neck lift today and you know stay tuned i'm going to watch you you can watch me through this journey and um and whatever i didn't think much about it and uh, he has a surgery later that afternoon i pick him up to drive him home and that night we're uh, sitting on the, the uh, sofa and he's all wrapped up over there. And he's like, I really just can't believe how many people remembered I was having surgery today. I've got so many messages and texts. I'm like, Jerry, you put it on uh, Instagram this morning. <laughs> he had like no recollection of putting that on there after you had taken the Valium. And so then he really didn't feel great. But I'm like, well, you've started this journey now. And so now your, your followers are kind of interested in seeing you through this journey. So you've kind of got to put your progress and now you've got to follow, you know, through with it. And so he, he was pretty open and, and, you know, honest with his experience through that, that surgical procedure, but it was kind of one of those things where I probably wouldn't have put that on the, my social media myself. I would have waited till I was healed. And then I would have showed you a nice before and after. Well, I think that that's
1: part of what I like about social media too, though, is being able to share that. And, um, and it shows our limitations. We have access to things that a lot of people don't have. I mean, in our just in our clinic, we have an ultrasound skin tightening device. How many lasers do we have? How many you know different fillers for skin tightening that we use, and you know PDO threads. And I can't tell you how much money like I've put into my neck, and it still bothered me. And being able to share with our our patients or viewers or people that follow me on social media that you know we we are limited in a med spa space, and it comes a time when you have to have surgery. And so you know that kind of goes back to social media setting realistic ex expectations. And so I think as um, maybe it's the nurse in me just wanting to help people, I don't know, but, or the craziness in me, or that good personality you said I had, but um, <laughs> I say the
0: craziness. That's what I've craziness.
1: For. So I don't know what it what it was that made me want to share all of that, but I can't tell you how many patients have came and said, "I'm so glad that you showed that." We I've been trying to do X, Y, and Z to my neck, and it really hasn't worked. So that is one of those instances where social media. You know, I've also had people say, "You absolutely did not need that. I can't believe you did it at such a young age, at the mild age of 30." Not really. It's one of those things that I think it was just a really good opportunity for me to share something that was personal that didn't have to be shared. And probably a lot of people wouldn't have shared.
0: Well, thanks again for joining us today for this episode of Beauty and the Brain. We certainly have a lot of topics that are coming up that you'll want to stay tuned for um, as we keep you up to date on the newest trends in the aesthetic industry.
1: All right, guys, look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Beauty and the Brain. Be sure to tune in.